0: Good morning and happy 4th of July to you all, even though it's not here yet. Will be tomorrow. The fireworks say, do not hold in hand. So most people put them in their mouth instead. So don't advise that. But anyway, uh, Independence Day. Wow, kind of interesting to think about because that's what everybody wants to be, is free. But really, something that the disciples... Here in the book of Acts, chapter 4, we're going to be talking about today. Realize that real freedom isn't really the government around you, but rather it's really your relationship with God. And you can have the most perfect government in the world, but if you're still bound in your sin, you're not free. You're a slave, the Bible says, to sin. So if you have your Bibles this morning, I'd like to invite you to open them to Acts chapter 4. And we're going to be looking at verse 23. Now we remember Acts chapter 3. There was a man there by the gate, beautiful. And Peter and John went up to pray, it says, uh, in the third hour And uh, and so it would have been around, excuse me, about three o'clock in the afternoon when the afternoon prayers were offered. At noon was when the sacrifices were offered. But since Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice, they didn't go then. They went at three to pray. And as they're going into the temple, here's a guy, the Bible says, was lame on his feet for 40 years. And they, and they looked at him, they, he looked at them, and he said, silver and gold have we none, but such as we have we give you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And he reached out, touched his hand, and strength came to him, and the man went running, leaping, and praising God. Well, of course, it caused a stir. Everybody knew who this man was. He'd been there for 40 years, and now the problem is it demonstrates the true power of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. The Pharisees thought that they had eliminated this sect called the people Jesus and those that followed him. But the problem was... When Jesus was crucified, he came back to life, emboldened not only the disciples, but God empowered them in Acts 2 with that power from the Holy Spirit to now go do the same miracles that he did. Oh no, it's getting bigger now. They thought they wiped out Jesus, and instead what they did is they fanned the fire even more so. So they arrested, literally, uh, the temple guards came and arrested Peter and John, for this miracle that we done and even peter said hey am i being arrested because we did this man a blessing that we that he's no longer lame and oh they were upset over this and so they charged them don't speak in the name of jesus anymore and they went on and on about how they were gonna come after them and persecute them but they let them go and this is where we come into the story this morning in in verse 23. And this is right after Jesus ascended uh, into heaven. The disciples were empowered by the Holy Spirit. Just as God wants to empower you, let's pray. Father, as we go to your word today, we just ask you that your Holy Spirit would speak to us. Show us the treasures in your word and how we maintain that freedom in our hearts. That we walk with you each day. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 23, after this, they were let go. Well, then they go back to their um, fellow Christians. And notice it says, and being let go, they went to their own companions. They went to fellow Christians after this. And by the way, I believe this is really important. As you represent Christ in an unbelieving world, the world's going to beat us up. Has a lot, has beat me up a lot. But that's okay, because I look at the furtherance of the gospel rather than the inconvenience of what I've gone through. But if it wasn't for the brethren and those that would pray with me, I'll tell you something, none of us would make it we need each other. Not just, I would say, on a Sunday morning, though that's a great time of being refreshed from the world beating you up all week. That's one of the reasons we get together, but also during the week where we get together with other Christians and we just get that fellowship from them to encourage us. And notice it says, and being let go, They went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that they raised up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in there by and whom by the mouth of your servants, David has said, why do the nations rage? Why do the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and rulers were gathered together against the Lord and his Christ. The world is diametrically opposed to Jesus Christ. And you have to realize that, that we're in a hostile world. We're just a passing through. This world is not our home. As a Christian, you might say, well, I don't feel like I fit in anymore. You're right. You don't. And you shouldn't. Because this world is going literally into judgment and into hell forever. Forever. Friends, that's one of the reasons why you, as Jesus said, are the light of the world, the salt of the earth. Now, why is that important? Because somebody has to tell them the truth. Do you think the American news media is going to tell anybody the truth? Ah, Hardly. They couldn't report something as simple as a kid flying a kite. So when we understand that the only real truth comes from those who believe in Jesus Christ. Now, unfortunately today, many people who call themselves Christians, because they have not been taught God's word, they begin to adapt some of the lies of the world into their Christianity. Like, in other words, well, all paths lead to God. It doesn't really matter what you believe in, as long as you're sincere. Well, if that was the case, then why did Jesus die on the cross? When he cried out in the garden, right before he was crucified, Father, if there's any other way that man can be saved, let this cup pass for me. The cup, speaking of the crucifixion, the most brutal, horrific way to die, invented. And that's why it was invented, by the way. And Jesus went ahead and died on the cross. So just being a good person... Just being a religious person, just being a civically minded person does not buy you anything in eternity and notice he says, if we go back to verse twelve of the pre uh, of of this chapter uh, chapter four, Peter is speaking, and he says, Nor is there salvation in any other. there is no other name under heaven among men which by we must be saved so in other words, Jesus is the only way. Not only does it say this in John 14, 6, it says it here as well, there is no other name under heaven where man can be saved. So being a religious person will buy you nothing on judgment day. And it's important that we realize that. Why is that? Because we realize that only God, Jesus Christ, lived a sinless life That if we would trust in him, that sinlessness would be imparted upon us. And that blood paid the payment in full for our sins, not his. You never sinned. Paid that debt that we owed to God. Sin is a capital offense. How many murders you got to commit to be a murderer? Just one. How many lies you got to tell to be a liar? Just one. When we realize that sinning doesn't make us sinners, sinning proves what we are. There's a big difference. And so the disciples gathered around Peter and John and encouraged them after this fiery trial. Now, really, honestly, everyone, this is the first fiery trial that was passed on to the disciples after Jesus ascended to heaven. They were gathered in the upper room. Holy Spirit came upon them. All these people heard them uh, speaking in other tongues and being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Peter now standing up with boldness, where he used to be a, a really uh, weak person, now bold. He did all these things. And so the Bible then says that because he did this, now they come under attack by the same force the force, Luke. The same force that came against Jesus now is coming against them and will come against you and me as we endeavor to do what God says. I am pretty much built up expecting it from the world. I I am. I, 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 I know what that is. You know, counting, planning, and zoning. Yeah. You know, uh, the occult. Yeah. Uh, I don't usually expect it from Christians, but friends, that's where I find it comes the most. Those saying they believe in Christ, but really in reality, they're from the dark side, Luke. Now you say, why do I say that? My kids recently just discovered Star Wars. I don't know why, but they did that. And they'll come in and they'll say, Mama, when Daddy sleeps, he sounds like Darth Vader. You know, anyway. Dirt trail. But the point is, is this. When we realize we have a real, formidable enemy in the world, we have no time to play on the fence with fake religion. And friends, a lot of people who call themselves Christians, I don't believe are real. They they were there in the days of the early church, and they're here, still here today. You know, in Fox's Book of Martyrs, it tells you how Peter died, crucified upside down in Rome. Peter uh, uh, Peter was crucified upside down in Rome. Uh, James was was forced off the upper part of the temple and crushed. Um, John boiled in oil. All these different things that we find, but the one thing in Fox's Book of Martyrs you'll never read about is how the Pharisees died. It's because they didn't. They're still here today. (laughs) They come in different forms. They come in different places and faces. But friends, it's always to discourage you and to stop the gospel of Christ. That's the way it always works. And that's the way it always is. The Bible says, by their fruit, you know them. It doesn't say by their failures, because friends, we all are going to fail. It doesn't say by their bank account you will know them. It says by their fruit you will know them. And this is one of the things. We're not to judge one another, but we are, according to Scripture, entitled to be fruit inspectors. And we look at the fruit that has come out of your life, out of your ministry, out of your home, and what God's called you to do. That's how you know you're the real deal. Can you see the hand of God in your life? Can you see the fruit? Now you sit here for a minute and you think about it. And say, well, you know, I, 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 I witnessed to my next door neighbor and and they accepted the Lord. And pretty soon you start looking at the fruit in your own life and you go, Wow, I, I am saved by their fruit. You know them. And again, when we look at all of the entirety of the Scripture. This is one of the reasons why we need to know what the Bible says is acceptable to God and what is not acceptable to God. Now, he goes on, why do the nations rage? They are diametrically opposed to Christ. Now, it's interesting here, back in verse 24, where they're saying, Lord, you are God. The word Lord here is a very unusual word for Lord. And it is the word that means ultimate supreme authority. Now, they recognize God's ultimate supreme authority in everything. Now, when we stop to think about this for a minute, the devil cannot do whatever he wants to do. I know a lot of times we think that, but he can't. He only is allowed to do what God allows him to do. You say, well, Mike, then why did God allow the devil to do this to me in my life? Well, maybe to teach you something. I have found that oftentimes when I won't learn from God's Word, I will learn by experience. Friends, that hurts. Much better to learn from other people's mistakes than your own. But the Bible says that if you're a Christian, you are going to grow in your faith. And the way we grow in our faith changes, I believe, in every situation. Now, when we look, and you probably have experienced this in yourself, where you've seen the failures of your life, you realize, boy, if I would have just done what God would have said to do there, I wouldn't have experienced that pain. If i had only not let the sun go down on my wrath, I would have been able to fix that relationship while things were fresh at hand. But unfortunately, a lot of times, we don't listen to what God's Word says. And unfortunately, a lot of times... People are not taught God's word, or the importance of it, or your personal reading of it. So we know then that we get the truth. Again, you're not going to get the truth from the world. You're not going to get the truth from the American news media, or politics. You will get the truth from God's word, and prayerfully from us who follow Jesus Christ. So he says, For truly against your holy servant, verse 27, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod, Pontius Pilate, and the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were gathered together. Notice what he says here. You know, this is one of the things that Adolf Hitler, in his guising his wickedness, saying, well, the Jews killed Jesus, I'll kill the Jews which in reality, I believe that he probably was demon-possessed, the idea that God would once again, in the very last of time before the millennial reign of Christ, God would once again visit his nation Israel to bring them unto himself. It's very clear. It's spoken of in the book of Daniel chapter 9. It's the 70th week of Daniel in which God deals again with his nation of Israel. But here's the deal. If you could wipe out the Jews completely, and that's what he tried to do, then the promises of God concerning the 70th week of Daniel could never come, God's word isn't true, and the devil wins. We all know, if you've done any study of this particular individual, his dabbling with the occult and Satanism was pretty pretty pointed. Well, there's a reason why. You know, people like to do wicked things in the name of God. They just do. Remember, I've shared this many times, but it's just so pointed to me. Jesus is getting ready to be crucified. He's on his way to Jerusalem. He knows what needs to be done. He tells his disciples, James and John, sons of thunder, go over to the town opposite you, find us a motel room for the night. They come back and they say, Jesus, Jesus, No one would give us accommodations. Everywhere we went, as soon as we'd walk in the door, they'd turn on the light. No vacancy. And then they looked at Jesus and said this. Shall we call fire down from heaven? Because they couldn't get a motel room. Try that the next time you get get, um, biffed. Shall we call down fire? But to make it sound spiritual like Elijah did. Shall we call fire down from heaven like Elijah did? Oh, because Elijah did it, that makes it okay for you to burn up innocent people. I can't figure this out. But that's what they do. You'll find that today. People will mask very wicked things and wrap it in a Christian package to make it sound palatable to other believers, when in reality, it's full-blown wickedness with just some lipstick on it. Well, we have to be careful of this. And so the disciples, realizing that the Sanhedrin had just challenged them, threatened them, though they were supposed to be people who knew God, they didn't. Their troubles were coming from people who claimed to have a relationship with God but in fact didn't. I know no wonder I think so much of the world has a pushback against the church today. Because the problem is if it isn't the church isn't appealing to your flesh, hey use your faith words you can have your new car, you can have whatever you want. Just use your words because you're a king's kid, you deserve air tinted glass. And it's all about you, baby. It's not anymore that we come to the cross and die. That's what the real gospel is. But now it's all about you. And so pastors are no longer teachers of the Bible. They're life coaches. You can do it. You know, and they have all the the different things out there. I'm just saying, hey, listen. If you're going to grow, you're going to survive. You need to know God's word and you better know it because I believe the days are coming. And very soon when you're going to, as Jesus said, live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You see, there's a point where this flowery talk, this um, motivational speaking is no longer going to work. You need to know the God who saved you because he loves you. You have a good God. And if you don't recognize that God has it all in his hands, you're going to think you're the one controlling your destiny. Friends, that's modified witchcraft. Because that's all what witchcraft is. You do these incantations and baby, it goes your way. So throw a little Jesus in there and then it'll make it acceptable. Like Elijah did. Understanding what we're up against in this world that we're in today. As Jesus said, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You're the messengers that deliver truth to a dying, lost world. They don't know what's going on out there. There's so many voices. You listen uh, to people uh, talk, you listen to read stuff on the internet. Every single kooky idea, kooky ideas that I didn't even believe would hold anybody's attention, people follow this stuff. You're never going to lose if you go back to what God's word says. Remember, as Peter quotes here, why do the nations rage? He's quoting from King David in Psalms chapter 2. Why do the nations rage? Because this world is opposed to the things of God. What is right is wrong. What is wrong is right. You can see it in our society today, literally imploding before us. Again, right now you're criticized because you say, well, you're a woman, you need to go into a woman's bathroom. Well, how dare you judge? Really? Really? but that's what's going on. And so we go into stores now, and it used to be a man's bathroom and a woman's bathroom. Now there's just two big question marks on both doors. Don't know which are. Well, see, the problem is that is a challenge to the nations raging against God. Why? Go back to Genesis 1. Male and female, he created him. Society today says, oh yeah, God, we'll take you on about that. Look at our own president. What he's done with abortion. And how wrong this, this now turning it back to the states and letting you, the people, decide what you want. It seems that no matter what it is that's going on today is deliberately trying to get God's judgment to fall on them. Look at what they're saying. Look at the LGBT thing. Hey, listen, I don't believe that's any worse sin than any other sin. But I'm not going to go out and parade in the street saying, Make stealing legal. Make stealing legal. Make murder, well, we're already trying to do that, make murder legal, But that's another topic. See, what the problem is, is that we don't even know what's normal anymore. God goes out of a society, wickedness comes in. The book of Judges says, and they appointed for themselves new gods. And in 40,000 men, there was not a spear found among them. You see, when you appoint other gods, other than two living gods, the false gods are going to lie to you. Everything's beautiful in its own way. Um, Give peace a chance. Not a spear found among 40,000 men. They were conquered. They were overthrown. Because when you let truth go out of your life, what comes in its place is a lie. If you reject truth, any lie becomes believable. And people don't understand that. God's Word is the standard in which we live. God's Word says we need each other. And as the days grow darker, you're going to need each other more if you are what you really say you are. Let's read. Verse 29. Now, Lord, look upon their threats. Grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. By stretching out your hand to heal, the signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Friends, that's what we need today, is boldness. Now what's boldness? Where everybody is saying, oh, this is the trend, this is what society wants. We say, no, it's not. You'll never be persecuted for going along with the world, even though it's on its way to hell. Why do the nations rage? Because they're diametrically opposed to God. Where you get in trouble is when you say, no, what you're doing isn't right. That is where the trouble comes. But that's why God gave us the Holy Spirit to give us that boldness, which is not part of your and my nature unregenerated. Okay, understand that? Before I was a Christian, as an example, I was really small. I didn't care about really anything else. I didn't care whether somebody did this or did that. I didn't care. But as I grew in my relationship with God, I realized that, hey, there are things that aren't right and nobody will speak out about it. Somebody asked me one time, they said, Mike, what inspired you to start Christian Radio? And I looked at him and said, because I hated Christian radio. I got tired of hearing about the miracle wallets or, you know, they're making some plea for money and you hear the violins in the background. (laughs) Did you buy a new car, Bubby? You know, and it broke down in the intersection and they tried to tow it. I mean, that kind of stuff. Now, for just $29.95, we'll, you know, I think it's hokey. They seem like they exist only to beg for money. And I said, this is wrong. This isn't the gospel. This is something that appeals to man's flesh, that poor God, poor old God, (laughs) look at Jesus. He's in the bread line over there well, would you help Jesus get out of the bread line this Sunday? We're going to take up another offering, and after that, another one. And you look at the abuses of money, and that guy's up there begging for money with a Rolex watch on and, and bragging about 5 liar jets, and I'm going, God, what is going on in your church? And you know something? I just thought, maybe we could have a radio station that doesn't do that. And it's funny that sometimes what we as Christians will react to is not the depravity of the world and going down and protesting the local bar. But maybe it might just be that in our Christianity, we see something very, very wrong in the church today. The emphasis placed upon money and looks and value and all these things rather than a person's soul. And that, friends, I think is where the problem comes from. And it's so easy because they're so oftentimes closely related to each other. They intermix sometimes, but it's by the Holy Spirit we're able to separate that from the abuses of what we've seen in the church to the true gospel going out that Jesus Christ, Him crucified. And so because of that... I think people don't understand a lot of times why we are what we are. They're, in other words, they, they fall into the the, the the realm, the understanding that as long as, you know, I'm healthy, wealthy, and wise, I'm okay with God. Well, listen, there's a lot of very rich bank presidents that are going to hell with perfect health. It doesn't mean that if you've got an ailment in your body or you've got some, that there's something wrong with your Christianity... It may very well be that that causes us to cry out to God all the more and pray for those that have the same affirmities that we do. When the disciples came under fire, they came to their own, and their own blessed them, restored them. Now, I'm surprised if this was today, perhaps... Peter and John would have gone to their companions and somebody would have said, well, John, that what's wrong with you going down there and causing problems in the temple? You're the one that brought that on yourself. You're the one that brought that. Yes, you did a good thing for this guy, but so what? Look at the trouble you're getting us all into now. You know, a lot of times that's the way people look at things. They're not looking at it objectively saying, what would Jesus do? And even Peter said that. For this reason, we are being challenged by you guys because we bless this man? Logic didn't mean anything anymore. Truth didn't mean anything anymore to the Pharisees. But Phariseeism is caused by a blindness of pride. In fact, the Bible says, every sin, the root of it, Is pride. So when we understand them, the disciples who, after being, you might say, beat up, they they took them, they they held them all night, it says, and they they were discussing what they were going to do with them and all these different things, finally let them go. They went to their brethren, and their brethren encouraged them. Friend, we're going to need each other in days to come. Because as the world goes darker, people say, well, they've come out of the closet now. You know why they can come out of the closet? It's darker out here than it is in the closet. So yeah, their sin doesn't look so bad no more. Yeah, that's a problem. Problem. And the things that they're saying and the things they're doing. That now, without parental consent in some states, they can talk to your children about becoming a transgender. What kind of nuts have taken over the the factory? We'll see what's logical to you. Because you know God. is completely illogical to them. Because they've been influenced by the world. Remember this. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? They don't know God. That's why we're here. That's why we need to be strong for them in the days to come. We'll finish with this. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own that they all had all things in common. Now, this was because of a couple of reasons. Number one, they were under persecution. Um, and so they had to rely completely on one another. There's been a lot of a, a concern on this because they said, well, uh, what is mine is mine, is yours, is mine. And everybody had all things in common. But we know that Paul writes in Timothy... This young minister saying, hey, listen, if you're going to be benevolent to certain people, you need to find out where they're at, where they're coming from. Are they working? If they don't work, they should need all these different things. Because this that we're reading about here became highly abused as oftentimes it is anywhere where there's people reaching out. I had a guy call me one time on the phone and he said, Brother Mac. I said, yes. Yeah. He said, I just knew that you would help us out here," he said. Uh, we're, we're, "My my my wife's mother had died, and and uh, we're on our way. We had car trouble, and we're here at the uh, no tell motel. I don't know which one it was, but but one in town here. And I told him you'd be good for the uh, for the uh, motel room all, all night. And I said, well, wait a minute. I said first of all, I said. Uh, your mother, wife, or your wife's mother died, where, where was the funeral? Eh, Oklahoma City. And I said, oh, okay. So we talked a little bit more, and I said, now where are you from? And he goes, L.A. And I go, do you realize you're 800 miles out of your way? What are you doing up here if you're on your way from Los Angeles to Oklahoma City? And the more I began to ask him, I said, and you mentioned your car broke down. Where did it break down? Bend, Oregon. Bend, Oregon. Now you're about 900 miles out of your way. What are you touring? America on the church's dime? And all of a sudden it went from Brother Mike to you. And I heard a lot of words I can't repeat. Why is that? because they abuse the system. This is what happened here. That's why Paul writes to Timothy, and he said, look, those that are going to need help, and we all will at different times in our lives, these are some things you want to look at, you want to examine some things. But notice it says, And with power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked for all who were possessors of lands and houses, sold them and brought the proceeds uh, of the things that were sold. And probably not all at once, but as they really were gathering together for the sake of their lives. And who knows, we might have to go back to this one of these days. As they were all there, somebody would sell their house, bring the money in. That would give them uh, a a little bit farther to go. Josie, the uh, verse uh, 35, it says, And they laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each one according to those who had need. It doesn't say according to those who had want. We want a lot of things. We need very little things. But anyway, Josie. Says who was surnamed Barnabas by the apostles, which translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. He was a very generous person. He did this because he loved the church. He loved them. Notice he was a Levite. And so I believe God's grace was upon him. Next week, we're going to get into... But a certain man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira sold a possession. No doubt they probably saw the accolade of what happened when Barnabas brought the price of the land. And they wanted to have that notoriety as well. And so they brought the land, they they said they sold the property for so much money, but actually they lied. They sold it for more and held back part. Now, I don't think God cares that they held back all of it. The point is they were doing things to deceive. And we're going to talk about deception in the church next week. Because I, friends, I believe it's a real thing. And I believe this is one of the reasons why people have problems with the inconsistencies. I'm not talking about that we don't all sin. I'm talking about flaunting the things that the Bible says we shouldn't be doing. As an example, where, again, people are begging for money, making it sound like God's in the welfare line, when in fact God's perfectly fine the way he is. There's manipulation going on. So understanding that, being about our father's business, how blessed and how treasured by God you are to be his voice, to be his hands, to be his representative in a world that doesn't know him. And as I look at this story, when we get beat up by the world for for doing something for God, the last place I ever want to see anybody beat up is here when you've been out doing your daddy's business. You see, that to me is those that are going to be in the Hall of Fame in in God's great kingdom. Oftentimes I wonder about, during the millennial reign of Christ, what they'll be learning. What kids will be learning. There'll be schools, there'll be all those things in a thousand years. What will they be learning? Well, I'm sure they're going to be learning God's word, but do you ever think that maybe Maybe in God's great books and the Bible says everything we do is written down. I wonder sometimes if if people won't be studying what you did for God during this time. To encourage them to do things for God during that time. I believe that God has a great reward system. The Bible says to lay up for yourself treasure in heaven. There's crowns for martyrdom. There's crowns for being uh, 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 sharing the gospel. There's all these rewards. I've had people say, well, I don't care if I get a reward. I just want to make it to heaven by the skin of my teeth. You may not care about rewards today, but you will be when you get there and you'll be glad you're getting some. Everybody today is determining the position they're going to hold in eternity forever. When you stop to think about that, eternity is a long time. You know, I don't know, as you get older, and I know if you're younger here listening to this, it's not going to make a lot of sense to you. But as you get older, you can't believe how fast time goes. You know, I I, I think about that, and I look, and I remember when I was a kid, and, and summer vacation was a thousand years long. Remember that? From, from, from the first of June till the second week or uh, first week of September seemed like a thousand years. Now a month goes past so fast, I can't believe my visa bill is due. I just paid it yesterday. It just goes so fast. And the, there's a reason why that is. It's the amount of time you spend on this earth relative to the amount of time you're experiencing. Let me put it this way. When mom says, you've been bad, go stand in the corner for five minutes. That's so long. Five minutes now. I mean, five minutes, I'll spend that much time looking for my socks. And when we stop to look, because you've only lived five years, so five minutes is a percentage of that. But when you've lived 60 years or 70 years, now, five minutes is nothing. And I believe that's why we see this change in, in, in things where we realize that, you know, I, I, I was thinking, yeah, well, my truck's pretty new. I mean, it's not old. And I got to thinking it's a 2003, it's 20 years old. And I you don't realize how fast stuff gets old, including yourself. And so, uh, what I just want to share with you today is one life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. Don't let the things, the chatter on the side, stop you from what God's called you to do. You see, God makes reference, writes down everything that we do. Now, that can be a real terror to some people, or it can be a real blessing. If you're not a Christian, that would probably keep you, it should keep you awake at night because you've not gotten right with God. So your sin stands. You you need to be saved. You need to have that wiped clean. And those things will hold you back from ever being what God wants you to be. Not only do they they destroy your eternity... And you'll be punished for them forever. But the good news is, once that's gone, those sins don't hold you back anymore for what God wants to do in your life. You know, things of of the past will paralyze you. Your thoughts, your memories. Well, I did that and I got burned. I'll never do that again. But it may very well be that maybe that's what God wants you to do. But you're scared because you weren't doing it God's way. And so you're paralyzed to move forward. You'll never know who you are until you accept Christ as your Savior. Your sins are forgiven and you begin your new life. David says his promises are new every morning. That's why if you failed yesterday as a Christian, remember this, his promises are new every morning. You start over and you keep going and you don't stop. And I want to be careful that I don't take things that I've seen other people do in the name of God and use that as an excuse. Well, God, you know, I'd go to church, but it's full of hypocrites. Well, come on in, there's room for one more. I mean, really, when you stop to think about it, friends, none of us live up to the standard we know we should be. But that doesn't mean we give up. Because our goal is to be more like Christ. And you'll never be that without his help. You'll never be that without that power of the Holy Spirit. This morning, if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, and you're stumbling around in your sins, your sins you know are holding you back, your memories, your thoughts, your, your feelings, all those things are holding you back. God wants to set you free this morning. To not only have your sins forgiven, that that won't follow you through eternity, but also allow you to be who you are that God created you to be. You can't go through life carrying a load that you are never designed to carry this morning. If you want to get right with God, we're going to pray right now. Those listening by radio, you pray as well. And just ask God to come into your life and change you, and he will. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I believe you died on the cross for me. Your blood covered my sins. Jesus, I accept what you have done. So wrap me in your righteousness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. That I'll have the boldness that we read about today in your word. In my life every day. I don't want another 10 years like I just had. So make all things new. Write my name in your book of life. Change the purpose of my life now to reflect what you want me to do. In Jesus' name, amen.